0: Up until men's prayer this morning my mind and my heart was in a a tizzy. I had a title. I had some scriptures. I had a thought. But y'all know me, I like my bullet points. I like 1, 2, 3, A, B, C. I like to have it all down. Uh, All Michael got from me was a title and some scriptures. She doesn't have my notes this morning. I have, since then, put together a few notes. doesn't mean anything, but I have put together some notes. I feel like I have a noun word for our church, and I believe that's why God did not give me this entire message in its entirety is because he knew I would plan it out, and I would try to... I would try to do one, two, three, A, B, C. And the Lord says, no, you're going to do it my way. And so this morning, I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to tell you right now, I do not have an end to this message. That is dangerous. (laughs) Last Sunday, I admonished you to take God at his word. Um, I got text this week from one of our men and said, I'm still feasting on that message, taking God at his word. I preach to you the literality of God's word, and I emphatically, I emphatically believe that the word I gave you is a now word. I do believe that God is expecting us to take him at his word, to live according to his word and do according to his word for the last two Wednesday nights I have ministered to you to pursue perfect trust there's nothing closer to the heart of God than his children living in absolute trust of him don't you as a parent love it when your kid trusts you you know you stay you're in that swimming pool and they're on the edge. And you're saying, jump, I'll catch you. I sit there and shake their head. No, you'll drop me. No, I won't drop you. Now, if it's me in the pool, I'll probably drop them. Just to let them learn how to swim. But no, they're sitting there saying, no, you know, no, 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 no. You'll drop me. No, jump, I'll catch you. But finally when they let go and they just jump, they give up their security and they bank on your security. Doesn't that just do something to you? To just feel that trust, that absolute trust. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to just absolutely make the lead and trust Him. Now I'm bringing today I think I feel like I'm bringing every message of promise every message of hope every message of direction that you've heard over the past few weeks from me and Keith and Mason and Chris to a now word that I feel God is giving us as a church and to us as individuals. So with an anxious heart and for the next few minutes I give to you a now, word God is doing a new thing. Now, you're gonna grasp the essence of that here in a little bit. God is doing a new thing, and we, we, we often forget there are occasions of new things in the Bible, but God is now doing a new thing. Now I want you to pay close attention. These are the words of the Lord. They're not my words. These come from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And he is writing as inspired by the Lord. And this is what it said. And I'm going to read from the NIV and I'm just going to kind of break this down. It says, This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, The army and reinforcements together and they lay there never to rise again extinguished snuffed out like a wick. Now again these are the words of the Lord they're not mine. What he is referring to here is the crossing of the Red Sea. Crossing of the Red Sea by Moses and the children of Israel he's reminding us this is what he has done in the past. This is what he has done then, and he can also continue to do and will do in the present. So if you have a red seat in front of you, then listen to what the Lord is saying here very carefully. I mean, he's, he's already told you, I brought them through. And what is left is the wreckage of the destroyer. I destroyed the destroyer that's what the Lord is saying here so if you have a Red Sea in front of you and you feel like there is a Red Sea in front of you and all you see is mountains on both sides the enemy at your back and an obstacle in front of you if all you can see remember what is said here in this 17th verse the only thing left of your enemy is the wreckage that your God left behind because he took care of the enemy and if he did it once he can do it again Amen. if your Red Sea is behind you you've already been through the Red Sea you've already experienced the delivering hand of God then you have a personal testimony share it with as many people as you can share it with because it is a testimony of the power of the almighty god and what he is do what he has done in your life and what he can do in someone else's life. You know I think one of the worst things you and I can ever do is for god to do something for us and us not tell it. Verse 18 says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Well, that's hard to do, isn't it? You know, the Lord's really the only one that can forget. Uh, We can forgive, but it's tough for us to forget. But the Lord forgives and He forgets, but He is telling us here, forget the former things. Forget what has been done to you. Forget about what you have done. Forget about all the mistakes you've made. Forget about all the mess you have made. Forget these things because they are nothing but anchors that are holding you down. Quit worrying about all of that. Let it go. Forget the former former things. Do not dwell on the past. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? Now you cannot tell me that since the first of this year, really since the latter part of last year, all of the messages that have gone forth, the things that have been said, the things that have been done, that we perceive, everyone in here, no matter how strong or weak your faith may be, all of us realize something in the air has changed. It's not church as usual. It's different than it's ever been before. I'm just bringing to our recognition this morning and as proof, there is something different in the atmosphere. No, I'm not talking about the sunshine outside and the fact that spring is upon us and all i'm not talking i'm talking about the spiritual winds that we are beginning to feel the essence of and we begin to feel what god is doing and, and we're we're looking around us and we're seeing people that are digging in that have never dug in before and we're seeing people make commitments that have never made commitments before and we see things that are happening in our own lives and we're wondering God, I never knew you were taking me here. Thank you for, for, thank you for the mountain in my life. Thank you for the valley of death that I had to walk through because I love where you're taking me and what you're doing with me. The Lord is saying, see, I am doing a new thing. The Lord is telling us to forget the past, the hurts, the disappointments, the lost battles. All the struggles. And look, we've all lost some battles. We prayed for things that we never got. We, 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 we sought Him for situations that never came to pass. And, and we've had questions. And trust me, the enemy has sat on our shoulder and told us that God has let us down. But He wants us to take our faith. This is what he's saying to me and when he give me this little bullet point, I did put this down. There's notes here that says this. It says, he wants us to take our faith and our trust, wrap them in our arms and hold them close because he is taking us beyond where we have let that that sink down inside just a moment he's taking and I'm not talking about the church because wherever he takes you and he takes me it's affecting the church so he's not taking the church somewhere that he's not taking us because we are the church so there's some things that, that are going on and we have no answers for and things that, that have happened that we, we don't understand. But, but we understand this because we have felt it in our spirit and we know God is doing something. I don't know where it's taken me. I don't know where I will wind up. I don't know how it's going to look on the other side. The only thing I do know is God has a plan and He is going somewhere and He has invited us to come along with Him because He is now doing a new thing. Verse 19 that she still has on the on the screen there he says see i am doing a new thing take a trip with me just for a moment adam and eve everything was planned everything was perfect perfect garden perfect atmosphere probably the temperature was about like it is today only problem is all we got to do is wait just a few days and the temperature will change but there it was perfect everything was right Then sin came along. When sin came along, God had another plan. God had, in fact, he had a plan all the way from the foundation of the earth. God had a plan. He put them out of the garden and life, they began to live life as you and I live life now. And as we know, sin kept growing and it kept abounding. And there was then Noah and the flood. Knowing the flood, and, and God comes down and says, build me a boat. Two of every, every unclean, seven of the clean animals. You take your family and your, their, their spouses, and you get in the boat. I'm going to repopulate the earth through you. I'm doing away with all the sin. God was doing a new thing there. It was, he was doing away with yesterday and he was creating a new today is what he was doing. Then time goes on, we see Israel. And Israel's enjoying the blessings of God and all the things, this is God's chosen people. The father Abraham and, and, and all of those things that we have read up to that point. And Israel then became slaves though in in Egypt it was a gradual thing nobody took them over nobody nobody conquered them it's just they were there and the next thing they knew they were slaves they were slaves in Egypt but God brought them out with a mighty hand and I'm not going through that story because that's not the point here he brought them out with a mighty hand when God brought the children to the to the promised land when he got them there there was a whole generation of doubters now let that sink in for a second there was a whole generation of doubters that could not go into the promised land so he let the doubters die he removed them from the picture because now he's doing A new thing. He's taking a new generation and he's letting them have the promise that he promised to the former generation that he's going to give them houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, all of the things that that scripture says, I'm going to give this to you. I want to be your God and you're going to be my people. It's a brand new beginning. And he's doing a new thing. Now we can go on through time. There's there's so many places in there that but then we find the promise. The angel appears to Mary. And says you're going to have a baby. May, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph, "Fear not. Don't don't worry about taking Mary as your wife because the child that she has in her is the promised one." And the Messiah comes on the scene and all of a sudden, God is now doing a new thing. Sure, the, the, the law is still in effect. The law is in effect until there is Calvary. And when Calvary comes, and when, the, when Jesus goes into the tomb, he defeats death, hell, in the grave, and he comes out the other side of that situation, all of a sudden, a new thing is in the beginning. But where the new thing really begins to happen is on that day of Pentecost that we preach about so much in the second chapter of Acts. And a new thing begins to happen. I'm I'm staying in the book here. I'm telling you new things. You, You probably never have thought about it as being new things. But God was doing a new thing. New things are happening new things are in the making but here is the rest of that verse he says I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland did you get that? see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do do you not perceive it I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of you feel that you have been in a wilderness for a long time or you have been walking through a wasteland for quite some time. But the Lord is saying, see, I am now doing a new thing and I am doing it in your life. It's no accident you are where you are because I am doing a new thing. The desert is a very dry place. In fact, it's called a desert because it is a very dry place. But the Lord is saying, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland for you. Listen listen to me very carefully here. When God begins to make streams in the desert in your life, what happens? then the desert ceases to exist. If you're walking through a desert, you feel like you're in a desert or you're in a wasteland, please understand, he's said, I am making streams in your desert. There are no streams in the desert. There are places in deserts where the water begins from a spring maybe, Or it may be flowing from a river or whatever. But all of a sudden there's a place in that desert where that water goes underground. And that place is a dry place. But the Lord is saying to us as a church and to us individually. That if you are in a dry place or if you are in a desert. I am now beginning to make in your life a stream, a a river flowing with water and your desert is going to cease to exist and the ground of your life will become fertile and you will give birth and you will give forth the fruit that he has called you to bear it's going to happen let me give you a little history the former and the latter rain is talked about in the book of Numbers The former and the latter rain in the book of Numbers was given to the children of Israel that the promised land would be fertile. Because crops don't grow, vineyards don't grow, they don't give the wine, they don't give the oil, they don't do any of that without the former rain and the latter rain. Former rain, from what I understand, some of the things that I've read, things that I've heard others say. The former rain was for the for the harvest of the grain. The latter rain was for the wine, in other words, the grapes and the olives that produce the oil. The wine and the oil is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. All through Scripture, it's symbolic of the Holy Ghost. The former and the latter rain. Here's the point in the history I want you to see. When, Israel, when Jerusalem was captured and destroyed in 70 AD, this is after the Holy Ghost was poured out. It's after the, the, the new church had been established. It's after all of that. But there was so much wickedness. Titus, the king at that time, sent his armies in to destroy Jerusalem. And it may come to pass the prophecies that spoke that there would not be one stone left on another that would not be turned. That entire city was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. All of that was destroyed. And in 70 AD when that happened, the former rains and the latter rains in the natural ceased to exist. And what was once a fertile ground, a fertile land that had Orchards that had olive trees that had crops It was a place that nourished a generation or a society of people But all of a sudden at the destruction of Jerusalem The former reigns and the latter reigns ceased to exist 1900 years go by And at the turn of the 20th century and, and, and let me just say this. The Jews, those that were not killed in Jerusalem, that were taken slaves, they were, they were just distributed to the four corners of the earth. As they were distributed around the world, in the four corners of the known earth at that time, people never did think there would ever be a nation called Israel at the close of the 19th century and, and even in the beginning of the 20th century, there was a gospel that was being preached that God would come down and purify this earth and this would be heaven. Because there were certain scriptures that talked about, and it depended upon Israel becoming a nation again and they thought there is absolutely no way that can ever happen there's no place for the Jews to come back to there is no Israel it's not going to happen and that was the way the gospel was being preached at the close of the 19th century and going into the early part of the 20th century however whenever the Holy Ghost was again beginning to be poured out and it happened It happened previous to to Azusa and Topeka. In fact, if you go back through history, you can go back as far as as the 1100s, 1200s, 1300s, 1400s. There was a remnant of people that were still tongue talkers in those days. They were there. It's just they were such a small group. But on a larger scale, something happened at the beginning of the 20th century. And the moment that it began to happen, something began to happen in the heart of Jews. And they began to long to go back to the motherland. Understand, there was nothing there but a dry desert. Jackals and, and well, whatever lives in deserts. Those that lived there that were human beings, they lived in... In, in, in black tents, and I mean, it was just a dreary, dead place. That's what it was. But something began to happen, and there were glimpses of the former rain and the latter rain as it began to descend upon the desert. And beca- by the time that Israel became a nation in 1948, the former rains and the latter rains had returned to the proportion that they were that they were promised back in the book of numbers now you and i you can get on your on your uh, computer today and you can go and begin to look at the nation of israel and you will see nothing but fertile grounds you will see land that is that is growing crops you will see orchards where Grapes are being grown. You will see olive trees that are producing olive oil. And you you will see a fertile ground that is not only taking care of the needs of Israel, but it's taking care of the needs of the world all around. Go to Super 1 this afternoon and go to the aisle where there is oil. And you will look and you will see olive oil there. And if you begin to really search it out and look on there, you may find that that oil came straight out of Israel. The Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. What was will be again, but I will do it a different way. Verse 20 says, the wild animals honor me. The jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. God is doing a new thing. Don't get wrapped up in how it used to be. Don't lock yourself in to, well, I've never seen it done this way before. Don't get caught up and all of that and understand that he is sovereign and he is God and however he wants to do, oh, I'm not talking about a new doctrine. The blood of Jesus still wipes, washes away every sin and, and His Spirit that moves within us. That's all still very important. Baptism in His name. All of those things are... I'm not talking about a new doctrine. I'm talking about a new way of doing things. And He is doing a new work. He says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now we can either sit back and just let things go by and all of a sudden wake up one day and figure out, whoa, something different has taken place around me. Or we can go ahead and while it's in its early stages, Just as the children of Israel were getting ready to step over into the promised land and the priests stepped into the water and the waters began to roll back and they crossed over into the land that flowed with milk and honey. I want you to know, I want to be at the head of that line as we cross over that river headed in to what God is doing. Not going to do, but He is doing even now. let me, let me just wrap this up. I'm done. (coughs) I guess I'm done. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm done. (laughs) Joel chapter 2. I got 16, 17 verses here I want to read to you. Let's just see where this takes us. I'm serious. When I tell you there's no end to this, uh, there's no end, but all of a sudden you begin to feel some God stirring something in you and you're ready for something new. There's altars down here for you to come and just say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever you want, wherever I fit in this, I'm ready. So, starting at the 15th verse. Did I give that to you, Michael? Oh yeah, it's on the screen. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Now this is what it's going to take. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. Can I, can I just say this? There's more prayer and fasting going on in this church and around the world right now than there ever has been before, okay? We're calling prayer meetings. Our men are praying, and when men begin to pray, ladies, thank you for your prayer. Because y'all respond to the, the movings of the Spirit so much easier than us men do. But when men begin to pray, heaven comes to attention. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. That's, that's, that's the messages that have been going on for, for years now. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children, those nursing at the breast let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. In other words, it's time for the wedding to begin. That's what this is about. When Donna and I got married, now I don't know how you did it in your wedding, but in in our wedding, there was a room that I was in with my best man and the groomsmen and my bodyguards because there were rumors that the groom or the bride one would get stolen so I had bodyguards but I had a room the Tower United Pentecostal Church and Donna had a room where she and all of her bridesmaids they all got together but when it came time for the wedding to begin I came out of my room with the groomsmen first and as the music is playing we all took our place but when it came time for the bride to come out of her room, everyone stood when, those, when that organ or piano or whatever it was, I don't remember. All I remember is what walked through that back door was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> and she's still beautiful. And I watched her as she began. And everybody stu- stood to their feet in honor of the bride coming through. Now, now hear me. Hear me. Hear me. I know we, we, we say there's nothing greater than God, and, 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 and we pay honor to God. But let me tell you what heaven pays honor to Whew. heaven will stand to attention. They will stand to their feet when the bride steps out of her room and she starts down the aisle to meet her bridegroom that is waiting for her. All of heaven will come to attention. Verse 17, let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, Where is their God? That's going on even now. Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and he'll take pity on his people. The Lord will reply to them, hear this, I am sending you grain. And I'm sending you new wine and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Now understand, he is making a prophetic word to Israel because of what has happened in the past. And what has happened in the past is because of them turning away from God. But he is saying to them, I'm going to send you grain, I'm going to feed you. And I'm going to give you new wine and I'm going to give you all and I'm going to give you enough to satisfy you f- fully. Never again will I make you the of nations. I will drive the northern army far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land with its front columns going into the eastern sea and those in the rear into the western sea. And its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. That's why you pay attention to what's going on in Israel right now and you will see some of these things that are going, to, that are taking pass. He says this that I just this that I just received, that I just read to you, is what is happening in Israel right at this moment. You're, 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 if, if you'll go and watch the news and if you'll go and pay attention to what's going on what I just read to you is what's going on right now. Hezbollah Hamas, there is absolutely no way they could ever win against Israel. Why? Not because Israel is just something so powerful. They're not, it's not that they're a powerful nation. It's just that he said, I'm going to give you new wine. And I'm going to give you grain, enough to satisfy you. I'm going to deliver you is what I'm going to do. Never again will you be the scorn of nations. The nation that did not exist now does exist. It became a nation in 1948. He did a new thing from the beginning of the 20th century to 1948. And we have begun to see the great things that God has done since that time up to this. But he goes on to say, be not afraid, O land. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the open pastures are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. And he sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The former and the latter rain has returned. The threshing floors will be filled with grain the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Now, these next 8 verses I want to read I want to read them as prophetic words that are coming to pass as we speak. The prophet Joel wrote them to Israel. However, we as Gentiles please understand Israel is the chosen people. But we as Gentiles have been grafted in. Scripture calls it we have been adopted. Okay, we've been grafted in. So we receive the same promise that Israel does. And this is the scripture coming alive in prophetic fulfillment. This is now a word, a now word for this time. He says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Is let you just absorb that and apply it to your life whatever you've lost he's saying I will, re- will repay you for what you've lost the great locust and the young locust the other locust and the locust swarm my great army that I sent among you you will have plenty to eat until you are full now understand he's, he's speaking metaphorically to us speaking metaphorically about the natural things of life. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. You will will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel and that I am the Lord your God and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And younger men will see visions." Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. We're seeing all of that going on now. The sun will be turned to darkness, eclipses and things such as that, the moon to blood. We've seen the blood moons and all of that before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls. And all over this world all around this globe there is a clarion call that is coming from heaven and there are men, women, boys and girls that are beginning to look at their life and say there has to be something better and things are beginning to change and revival fires are being ignited around the world and people are being saved in every portion of this world. He is doing a new not waiting for it not expecting it not looking for a sign of it coming I just read to you it is here now why don't we stand to our feet all over the house and give the Lord praise why don't you give him a shout of praise if you believe what I have said give a shout of praise unto the Lord for he is doing A new thing. exactly what it is that you that you feel in your spirit this morning but whatever you're feeling it's time for you to begin to move with it And if you feel that He is doing a new thing in you, and He is wanting to use you doing a new thing, I invite you to step out of where you are and get out of your... And and to begin to make your way around the altar, but at the same time, I invite you to step out of your comfort zone and whatever makes you comfortable and begin to just give glory and honor to Him. When Jesus went to the cross of Calvary... Trust me, he got out of his comfort zone. His comfort zone did not include a cross. His comfort zone did not include 39 stripes on his back for our healing, but He did it for us. So it's time for you to get out of your comfort zone. And if you have never worshipped Him with your hands, if you have never worshipped Him with your feet, it's time that you step out of that comfort zone and begin to say, if you're doing a new thing, let it begin in me and let me be a part of what you're doing. Amen right now if you' if you if you concur with that begin to move all over the house. Begin to move. Your movement, your movement is testifying to him. I'm ready. I'm ready.